a decent lifestyle, a decent income, a, a seven seven figure business. I had a team. I had clients like Madonna and Steve Nash and Dr. Weil, and I thought everything would of that would make me really happy and content. But in reality, my brain was scrambled. My sleep was destroyed. I was running from doctor to a doctor. My marriage was barely hanging on a thin thread because I would spend no time with my husband. We're still together. We love each other. But I, I realized that it's not a good way forward. We only have one life to live. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. We're going to talk about success without the hustle. So I know so many of us were taught, work hard and you will succeed. Just keep working and working and working and working and working and you'll get everything that you want. And I think a lot of people out there are realizing like, man, I've been working my tail off for my whole life and I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I still don't have everything that I want. So we're going to talk about that. I'm here today with Milena Ragos, and she is the rebel leader of the Unhustle movement, which is super cool. So we're going to talk about that success without the hustle. Milena, can you tell us what it is you do, who you serve? Tell us the things. Let us know about you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Super excited. So I'm a reformed marketing strategist, obsessed with how we can break free from the brainwashing of hustle culture. This cult of busyness that we all follow, including myself on some days, and wasting years by living by society's rules, telling us how we can create success, but leaving us unwell unhappy and mad from the constant pace and pressure. And this is why I founded the Unhustle Movement to create this new, albeit very counterintuitive way of living, being, and working that is hopefully a little bit more sustainable for ourselves and for our companies, as well as for the planet. So we can make space for the moments that actually matter, the moments that are in between, in the margins of our constant go, 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 and allow for a little bit more joya de vivre, which is a French expression for the joy of living. So we can still make the impact we want to make 
while being a little bit more comfortable in our skin and um, keeping our eyes on the long-term goal instead of the short-term growth at all costs mentality. You know, it's so interesting. Like I spent half of my life in go, go, go mode. And I'm right now in this like really quiet time where I'm recalibrating, restructuring a bunch of things with my program. And it's really beautiful how giving myself that space is saving me so much time. <laughs> like I'm like one day I'm like, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just sit on it a little while longer. And then the deeper creativity, the deeper things that I'm trying to teach and explore rise to the surface. And had I just went and redid everything and like got it all done, hustled, got it finished, da da da, put it out there. Then as soon as I had a little space, that new information would have arisen and I would have to gone back and redo it. So I'm really leaning into this place of being quiet and giving myself the space to make sure that I do it right for me. So I'm not creating the same thing that I did in the past. What I did in the past was wonderful. And to, if I'm going to put the effort into creating something new, I don't want to recycle what I've done in the past. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think most of us don't allow ourselves to make that space. And it is in that space that we make major life decisions from our instinct and from our heart and based on our values, as opposed to following what society says we should be doing. Busyness does not take care of business. And you just explain it perfectly, right? When we go constantly busy, 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 doing so many things at the same time, we lose sight of what matters and we lose sight of being able to do it from a place of creativity, like you said, and deep work and resonating with what is perfectly aligned for you and for your audience instead of falling for comparisons or watching what everybody else is doing or, or doing it because we feel the pressure that we put on ourselves, that inner hustle that so many of us have, that it needs to be done a certain way. Instead, we can slow down and ask ourselves, you know, what, what really matters and why are we doing it? And who are we trying to attract to our tribe and doing it more from a, an alignment perspective as opposed to from a hustle perspective? Right. And it's such a be the wolf quality, right? It's about being the wolf is about being who you are and doing what you're meant to do. Now, the wolf isn't. See, the thing is, is we humans, we are all the same species, but we don't realize that we're all very different. Like some of us, you know, if I use the nature metaphor, some of us are beavers, some of us are robins, some of us are wolves, some of us are lions. And so if the wolf is trying to be the beaver, it's not going to be very good at building dams. They might be, you might be able to do it and you might work really hard and do it okay. And, you know, create the dam and the river and, but it's never going to be as good as the beaver does. So as we're trying to right. compare and do it just like everybody else now, 
it's important to sometimes try some things on and learn some things and then decide if it's right for you. But when you do take that time, you can realize, yes, okay, this is the step that's right for me. And this is the step that's going to create what I'm trying to create. The dam isn't going to create the food that the wolf wants. <laughs> you know, and it's so hard to step away from that mentality of go, 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 business, 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 right? Because society rewards that type of behavior. And so we're not trained and taught how to um, spend time in solitude, how to go for a walk, how to connect with our intuition, how to be authentic to your point. We're just now, we're told that this is what you have to do. This is how you, you become successful, go to school, get a career, get a job, get married, buy the house, buy the car. And that's the stereotypical definition of success for a lot of people, right? right. But at the end of the day, most of us, we want more peace of mind. We want more contentment. We want more fulfillment. None of these things really comes from chasing material things or comparing yourself to everybody else on social media or building a business the way everybody else is building a business because to your point, we're all different. So why are we trying to compete on features and prices and sameness when we can differentiate and not have that much competition? And that's where making time to hustle becomes so critical and that's the space that we all need to lean into instead of leaning into more of this striving and the efforting and the hard work right and one of the things that i've seen time and time again with the entrepreneurs that come on this show is a lot of times the problem we solve is a problem we used to have <laughs> So you leaning into the unhustle movement, now you weren't always this mindful and this quiet and this had this ability to get what you wanted through moving at a slower pace. You, I know you have quite a busy, full background of working really hard and go, go, go. So tell us, tell us a bit about where you started with all this before you founded the Unhustle Movement. Sure. I'm originally from Bulgaria. So I came to the United States to chase the American dream and pursue a marketing career. I have an MBA in international marketing, which as a first time female immigrant in America, I leaned really, really hard into working. And I have nothing against hard work as long as it's intentional. I first was, I was a marketing director for, for a decade. And after that, I started my own marketing agency and I achieved success by what society considers success. I wouldn't say I'm a millionaire or billionaire, but I had a, a decent lifestyle, a decent income, a, a seven, seven figure business. I had a team. I had clients like Madonna and Steve Nash and Dr. Weil, and I thought everything would make me really happy and content. But in reality, my brain was scrambled. My sleep was destroyed. I was running from a doctor to a doctor to a doctor. My marriage was barely hanging on a thin thread because I would spend no time with my husband. We're still together. We love each other. But I, I realized that it's not a good way forward. And my parents had passed away early. And so it was really in my mind that you know we only have one life to live and our health matters and so 
I was able to disconnect from work. Um, I went on a 10 day trip, which to Baja California, sir, which turned into a digital detox, <laughs> not by design. <laughs> there was no internet in town. I probably would not have gone. I mean, I was addicted to technology. I was doing social media for different clients on different channels and different time zones. I was sleeping with my phone and I would probably not have gone on this trip had I known that I would not be able to connect. But it was during that trip that I, that stillness started to happen. And then I was learning how to kiteboard and I was out in the ocean fighting for my life, thinking I cannot think about work right now. I have to be very mindful of what I'm doing or I can possibly die. And it was that moment that I looked around and I was able to connect with, with my body, with, with nature, with the world around me. And I was, and I started asking myself some, some deep questions like, what does, what do I want out of life and what does life want out of me? And that put me down on this journey of self-discovery and, and studying with the Human Potential Institute, mainly not to coach people, but to upgrade my own mind and body and soul. And it was during that training that I had an eight-week mindfulness training. And I think that was the first time somebody flipped the brain, the switch in my brain. And I started to connect with nature and go for walks in a different way than just getting my cardio while listening to podcasts and you know right. going to the gym and not listening to an audio book but actually working out and so that connection that mind body connection was was really key for me i healed 20 years of digestive problems in that time period i completely redesigned my life and moved to a new beautiful place where i get to free dive and kite surf and walk barefoot on the beach every day and still create the impact I want to make in the world, which was discovering a much bigger purpose in me. And that was to, to fight this um, stigma and dogma of hustle culture and to lean into a more intentional, sustainable way to live and work. And um, I'm having a lot of fun with it while um, still living a full life. I love this moment that you were kiteboarding and you had this moment like, I can't think about work. I have to pay attention right now. And this is this, this pivotal moment of being present. And one of the things that I always tell my clients is that you cannot create something from what you don't have and you can only access what you have right now in the present moment. And so in that time, it sounds like you got, you were able to access what is real versus what is like ideas, concepts, and these things that we can spin and keep going, 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 but you can't create something from what you don't have. And yeah. so we end up recycling and doing a bunch of things that aren't necessarily right for us because we don't, we're creating from what we don't have. It's sort of a weird concept. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> Accessing what is real is exactly a beautiful way to put it. Because before that, I was, you know, I was living a healthy lifestyle or so I thought, you know, I was doing yoga and I was meditating and, and uh, I was going to the gym and I was eating healthy. but I was missing a much, much deeper way of being present 
and now and in and moments of just being. And I think what what is real comes from these moments. You right. know, we, we try to multitask, we busy ourselves all the time. You know, you can go for a hike in the woods and be present, or you can go for a hike in the woods and not be present. And I've done both. I've had my times when I will be hiking and the phone rings or buzzes, or I have the urge to stop and check social media. And my dog's looking at me going, really? I thought this was our time to like be present. And, and I've had my times when I walk slowly and, and engage all my senses and look at the leaves and look at where I'm walking. And it's a completely different experience. I mean, anybody can do this. And it, it doesn't have to be in the woods. You can do it in a city. Um, we just get right. that back from Europe and we try to do this flaneur, flaneuring. I don't know if you know what that means, but. Mm -mm. What does that mean? Flaneuring is uh, being a flaneur. It's actually walking around without a goal, without a destination and discovering what you discover along the way. And some of our walks ended up miserably failing in the process because it was hot and we got in the wrong sections of town and it was miserable. And then some of them, we ended up with amazing restaurants that we discovered or a, a great market or you know a museum that we wanted to see. And it's a little bit like the same way in life. You can just try and experiment and see what works for you. But I feel like we're losing that presence and spontaneity and 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 being able to be in the present moment. Well, and especially, you know, with the phones, we got the phones every second of every day to occupy a moment where we might feel some feeling of lack, like we're supposed to be doing something, we're supposed to be, and that, I think that comes it really comes down to that, that we're supposed to be something that we're not. So in this moment that you're walking and you're flaneuring along, you have this moment where maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that feeling, that feeling that we get, we're like, let me just look at social media. That will like take away, that will distract me from the feeling. But again, you're just running away from something that you don't have. <laughs> and, that, and that brings a great point because what we don't have that that sense of lack, right? Whether it's whether it's not feeling good enough or whether it's you feel like you need to better yourself somehow or better your business everybody and everything in the world is trying to address that fear that lack right so we're constantly bombarded i know because i used to be in marketing so right. we're constantly bombarded with you don't have this you lack in this this is how your life could be better and in reality if you we disconnect from that right if we don't allow the influence to control our brain to control our attention there's so much peace and joy and quiet uh -huh. and contentment already within us that we're not accessing, that we're constantly trying to figure out what we're lacking so that we can satisfy. And that puts us on that busyness treadmill, right? right? Or the buying of more things to make us happy when in reality research shows that it's experiences that make us happy, not stuff. It's relationships that live to a healthy and fulfilling life not your career success so we're constantly chasing things that 
if we just look around, we probably already have. But right. of course, no one's going to tell you this because no one's going to make money from just telling you that it's experiences. Well, I guess travel companies will. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and marriage counselors, but you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to make money from it. But in reality, yeah, as long as we're pursuing that, what is it that I don't have versus leaning into what do I already have that I'm content right. with? Well, and that's one of the things a lot of work with in my clients is that, you know, what do I have right now? And getting, rewiring the mind so that you're focused on what you have versus focused on what you're lack, what you're lacking. And the key, the best part is that it actually makes you, if you do the work, if you really do the work and get to the other side of it all, it makes you immune to advertising and marketing for stuff that you don't actually need. So it's like, you need something for your business, you know what you need, and you respond to the marketing that provides that thing instead of, and you can ask questions without being up in this, like, fear of that you don't have what you need kind of thing. And you actually spend a lot less money on your business. So I'm super curious and I'm sure everybody that's listening is super curious because you had very quote successful business. You were had good income. You were had high level clients and you changed your life. You're giving yourself space to nurture your creativity and your spirit and the things you really want in life. But I'm sure people are super curious about what kind of, what level of success do you have now? <laughs> it all depends on how we define success, right? So for me, success right now is, means living in a place I love, doing the things I love to do, surrounded by people that I enjoy while contributing in some positive and impactful way to the world. And I've checked all the boxes on that sentence with my current lifestyle. And that makes me very content on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, I don't want people to get the wrong perspective thinking, oh, she made money and now she's doing things for fun because that is not the case. I still need to make money. I still need to pay the, pay the bills, but I've created a different lifestyle. I have different income coming in passive income i'm i'm building the hustle movement with ways for it to make money but money doesn't drive me the way it used to and i'm coming from a scarcity background from communist bulgaria i mean money is a really big thing right i just realized that that's not the path to being happy it's not the path to being fulfilled and it's not my so purpose in life. So I'm finding identities outside of my career and I'm finding ways to be happy and content with my definition of success. And the piece that you came from a scarcity background growing up in communist Bulgaria. And so that is a big the mindset of it is a mindset of lack. But one of the things that I love about your story that a lot of people who have a scarcity mindset do not have. I remember you told me that you had days where you went to bed hungry, but you were also so filled up with love and you had this belief, 
about the white shirt. Tell us about oh. that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Um, well, all right. I was always told, my mom always told me that I was born in a white shirt. And so very few people know what that means. But I just met somebody else who who has a kid that was born in, in so it's, I think it's called in, in the quote, well, I, I'm not quite sure of the word for in, in English, but it means you're born in the placenta and no blood has touched you. And it's considered very, very lucky. Um, it's a bit of a folk myth that it's considered you're very lucky. And so my mom always ingrained that believe in me that it doesn't matter what you do, you're, you are lucky. So do whatever you want in life, because whatever you do, you'll be very successful, you'll be very happy. And that gave me a lot of courage to live and design my life. I mean, including living, I'm on country number three of where I've decided to live. So uh, I left Bulgaria, went to the United States. Now I'm currently residing in Mexico. And so country number three, language number three, <laughs> not considering Bulgarian, but, and I'm, I just feel like I'm just warming up. I mean, I wanna be a citizen of the world. I wanna live in, in many countries. It was my dream as a child who wasn't allowed to travel anywhere to, to travel, right? We want what we can't have. And so this idea of I'm very lucky gave me a lot of power and confidence and courage to do anything I want. And yeah, I didn't have a lot of food or I didn't have a lot of um, wealth, but we had a lot of experiences. My parents made sure that we had a lot of time in nature, a lot of experiences. We spent six weeks at the Black Sea camping on the beach. We went skiing every weekend. So it sounds like when I explain to people how I grew up, I tell them I had the best childhood ever because I had amazing parents who made that possible. And I remember somehow amazingly most of the good things and very few of the bad. Which is an attestment to not fully having that scarcity mindset that so many people have. One of the marks of a scarcity mindset is that you can't think about what you want. You can only think about what you don't want. Like I ask, <laughs> I get on a call with clients and I'm like, what would, what do you want? Well, I don't want this, 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 and this, and this. I'm like, well, what do you want? And it's such, it, it's, it's, a marker of that scarcity mindset. And so you having that belief that you are lucky, you having, it sounds like you were accepted for who you were in your family as well. And that's such a big piece to being able to go out in the world and be like, I am who I am and I can make it doing anything. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, huge piece. And I think, you know, thank, thank my parents for it because ever since I was little, they allowed me to do what I wanted to do, you know, except for signing me up for a ski. Well, no. Okay, so here's the story. My mom signed me up for a ski, ski training camp when I was seven. And so I had to go and train ski, skiing. She, she didn't want me to stay at home. I mean, there was no video games back then, no internet, but she was smart enough to say, you go and exercise, right? And spend time in nature. So I had to go and, and ski and I didn't always want to go ski. I know it sounds kind of intuitive, but it was cold and icy and, and not always comfortable. But when I was 14, I wanted to apply. I applied and got accepted in the uh, English, in, sorry, in the Spanish high school. And the high schools in Bulgaria were, were the top 
high schools that you can get accepted in. At the same time, I was still in ski camp and I had to make a decision. Do I want to go to this high school or do I want to go with a ski career? Now, probably most children would say, I'm going to stick to skiing. But I knew back then at 14 that I didn't really have a future as a ski racer. I mean, how many ski racers from Bulgaria do you know, right? We didn't have the, the money or the opportunities to get serious about ski racing. So it was more of a hobby. And I told my parents, I want to, I want to go to school. I want to actually go to school. And they thought I was crazy. They're like, this is not the right decision, but it's your decision and you go with it. It's whatever you want. So I went to to high school and at the same time I signed up for Spanish instead of French. My mom was really mad at me. Same thing. She said, who are you going to speak Spanish with? Well, here I am in Mexico, right? So <laughs> who, who would have thought? But same thing. She allowed me to do what I wanted. And my parents always always allowed for us to pursue my brother and I whatever we decided to do they allowed it so I think that's a really big big difference in how we grew up yeah it's huge a lot of people didn't have that so they get stuck in that place of well I have to be what I should be instead of leaning into being the wolf being who they truly are and so it gives you this trust, this greater trust to trust in your gifts and what you get to bring to this unhustle movement. I think it's Warren Buffett who said something like, you pick one thing and it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. So you might start. And if you're just, again, focusing on what you have, taking one little step at a time, your business, your impact, whatever you're trying to create in your life, it, as it rolls down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger and it gets exponentially bigger. So here you are, you're balancing and creating your life. You're building this unhustle movement. And I know because you're keeping things in balance and you're focused on what you have right now, and you're taking those steps one step at a time that you know, we check back within with you in five, 10 years, this movement is going to be so huge that people will not even think it will be like it always existed. And because you are, I say this with business, you've got to take one step at a time, because if you're chasing that more, you're chasing that, well, I have to do this and I have to do da, da, da. You're creating and building on something that's not, doesn't have a solid foundation. And so right. Yes. You're so so right. you're constantly worried about it falling apart. You're constantly just having to go, 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 keep, keep, you know, preventing all these problems, making sure things don't fall apart. But when you build one step at a time, if something doesn't work, you just go back one step. The whole thing doesn't crumble. It's a, you're absolutely right. And and there's a different energy. There's a playfulness and a joyful energy uh, and a, more of a curiosity and experimentation. Like you were saying, I, I want to design something that's different. Not that, not that what you've designed in the past wasn't good enough, but you just want to do something different because we change, our goals change, uh, our thoughts change. And so keeping that energy in building a business, I think it's very key. I used to be very serious about it and very anxious. And yeah, that, that with the marketing agency, it was always like, 
oh, what's the next level, next level, next level, next level. But, you know, in reality, I, I, I think focusing on, on in your words on, on what you already have and and on your strengths and, and on one step at a time and long-term sustainable approach to it instead of that hustle, yeah. toxic, anxious energy. Well, and the other piece that what really lands too with the whole be the wolf thing is when they reintroduced, you know, those of you that are listening to the podcast, hear, hear the intro, but those of you who are watching don't often hear the intro. And so just to break it down really quickly, in the early part of the century, they eradicated all the predators from Yellowstone National Park. And in the process, over the years, the ecosystem collapsed. The elk overpopulated, they ate all the vegetation by the rivers, the rivers spread out, the beavers ended up leaving, et cetera, et cetera. So it created this snowball effect by taking one important piece out of the ecosystem. And in the mid nineties, they reintroduced 41 wolves. They put them back into the environment. And over time, the ecosystem balanced out and the wolves of course did nothing but be who they were born to be and do what they were born to do. And in that process, it recalibrated the ecosystem. And so, you know, I believe that if we are focusing on what we have, we are focusing on who we are true, who we truly are and building companies from what we're meant to do, using our gifts, taking one step at a time, that it will balance out the ecosystem. And so one piece of that really is to stop the hustle so we can connect with who we are and what we're trying to actually create in the world. Because by doing that, we will tend to create things that affect the ecosystem of our world in a more positive way. Beautifully said. And thank you for sharing that story. I didn't know about it, but one of the big, big values of Unhustle is creating harmony within ourselves with others and the world around us. Yeah. And and actually, Harmonia is the ecosystem, the ecosystem that I'm trying to launch that would get people like yourself who are of the same opinion inside that so we can have a larger impact. So it's very, very interesting that we're on the same page in that, uh, that thinking. Well, and that's, I mean, that's why I do what I do. Ultimately, it's about building or helping people become the wolf, become who they truly are so that they can build one step at a time. It's why I love working with entrepreneurs because we're the ones who have chosen to take a leap and take risk and stretch into growth and stretch into something bigger. So we have the capacity to create something bigger and give everybody else a place, especially with technology and everything moving so quickly, help give everybody else a place in the ecosystem too, because all that in, is in flux right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And if we don't slow down, I don't know where, where you reside exactly, how is your summer, but where I am was pretty hot. So 
50 years from now, you know, <laughs> things may look very different if we don't make that space to slow down and say, how are we going to live and lead sustainably, not just for ourselves, but also for future generations and for the world. So I want to talk about some tips and some things about how somebody can slow down. I have some stuff to share and I know you do too, but first I want people to know how to get in touch with you, how to work with you. What is, what is it that you're up to so that we can participate in the unhustle movement? Yeah, I already mentioned I'm in the process of launching Harmonia right now, which is the Unhustle ecosystem should open the doors probably by the time this podcast airs. It depends on where it's airing, but I'm looking at maybe the next week or two to open the doors for it. And that would include everything that I do under one roof. And I'm really in the in the mindset of collaborating with people for, for, for bigger impact in, in Harmonia. And combining learning and deep human conversations and masterminds and online and offline experiences all under one roof. And so I'm super, super excited for that. So they can learn more about that at unhustle.com is my website forward slash Harmonia if they're specifically interested in, in that offering. Otherwise... I'm working on my book and I'm excited to keep working on it until I get it done. So that should be a fun project for me for the end, for the, for the remaining of the year. I have a podcast people can tune into and everything they can find under unhustle.com. What's the podcast name? The Unhustle Podcast. The Unhustle Podcast. Okay. So now those of you that who are listening, watching, go ahead open up your browser, type in unhustle.com and get on the newsletter so you can be up to date with all the Harmonia things. And you're listening, if you're listening, you're on a podcast app, open up that app and type in the Unhustle podcast and hit follow. Awesome. For tips and strategies, yeah. obviously, everybody's different and everybody's life's journey is different. Hence the reason I'm actually creating Harmonia because I've realized that no 10 ways to happiness and two weeks to transformation and, and even an eight-week program are really the end goal of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do long-term sustainable support and accountability and community for people. So, So let me see if I can at least offer a few suggestions okay. from, from a perspective of, okay, well, give me something little, something where I can start, right? What helped me, I'll just share what helped me the most is making space in the morning for, for time alone and to create, to create some rituals in there. I have like a whole sunrise methodology, but having some space in the morning and having certain rituals that support your mind, body, and spirit before you get on with your busy day definitely helps. And then making space throughout the day for all this moment, the in-betweens that I feel like we're losing. So instead of rushing from a meeting to a meeting to a meeting and a meeting about the meeting, following the meeting, maybe try to add some space in there, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, as much as you can 
to find these moments of stillness, of solitude, of, of catching your breath, right? There's so many things that, that somebody can do. But yeah, 10 minutes, 10 minutes here and there are a great first step to get to know who you are, to, to figure out what you want or don't want, to identify what makes you happy, to, to work on your values, purpose, all of these things. Right. The other things that, that's helped me a lot is time in nature, right? To me, nature yeah. is, a, is a really big healer, so, so time in nature works. And, and another final thing, for, especially for high, high achievers coming from one, is that I had to figure out a way to do something very engaged in flow when I'm not working. And for me, that was kiteboarding. And then I got deep into the research of flow and realizing that that really leads to our fulfillment. So if you're a high achiever and you and you can't possibly just sit still, which right. is very, very possible for, for many of us, then find active leisure. Fill your leisure time, not with passive leisure, not with watching TV and scrolling and social media, but figure out something that completely engages your attention that's challenging enough that would mentally disconnect you from work. And there's plenty of studies that show that it will really contribute to your, to your well-being, mental health, and you come back recharged and rejuvenated, which is why so many entrepreneurs, when they take time off, go hike big mountains, sail across right. oceans. And like what I just did with 30 days in Europe, I didn't have too much time to uh, write in my journal or to, you know, I didn't have, I had lots of moments of joy and fully living, but it was, it, and it was very engaged time, but I didn't have a lot of slowing down moments of being disconnected from everybody and everything. Right. Except, except that we did go in, into an area of Bulgaria, which is like probably the only place I know in the world where still slow living exists. And it was a really interesting to see it felt like time had stopped there you know okay. people weren't on their phones and people were sleeping until nine o'clock in the morning and uh, <laughs> so so yeah this is just some 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 strategies hopefully they're valuable and yeah i do send a, a free weekly newsletter so feel free to subscribe to that again at unhustle.com Awesome. The one of the things that I think is a good you talk about these little moments, eating not at your desk, eating, especially if you're an entrepreneur, we tend to eat at our desk, eat on the go, get, like don't watch TV while you eat, like actually sit down at a table, sit down somewhere else in your house when you eat your food without watching TV, without doing any of that is a good moment to create some space. And it'll probably feel uncomfortable for a little while. If you're... It's very uncomfortable. I actually had to do it. I, um, you know, part of the mindfulness training, I had to do mindful eating. And I also used it to heal my digestive problem. It's mm -hmm. a very, very uncomfortable thing to do, but I had to go and cook my meals, sit down, enjoy it, savor it look at the meal, smell it, all of that. It's very hard to do, very, but it's doable. And right. uh, it's, it helped me connect my mind with my body and it helped me heal digestive problems that no doctor could figure out what was wrong with me. And honestly, I think it was just disconnection in my body. It was just weird and we're 
we're just we're walking around disconnected so well, often. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I always say. If you give the body enough space, you'll know how to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And obviously certain things you need to go to doctors and stuff for, but so many people have these ailments that the doctors say, there's nothing wrong with you. Can't figure anything out. So those are the times when you're feeling like that. Like, I don't know why I'm so exhausted. That is when it's especially important to slow down and connect and be mindful with your body. One of the things, here's a quick little tip before we wrap up is so simple is feel your feet just notice your feet mm -hmm. and it brings you instantly down into your body notice the arch of your foot your little toe your big toe we never notice these things mm -hmm. it's the heel and that keeps you in your body and the more you can stay in your body the more you can actually start to feel what's going on if you can eat your meal while you're in your body you'll know when you're actually full and you've had enough like that's a powerful thing <laughs> yeah yeah 85 percent of all doctors visits are actually stress related but doctors don't know how to treat that they just give you a pill instead of going to the root cause. So yeah, we're stressed. Yeah. Well, on that note, I hope that you all have had a little bit of de-stress time during this podcast, during this show. I want to thank you so much for sharing with us your story, your movement. I want everybody on board with this movement because it will help all of us become the wolf we are truly meant to be. So thank you so much. And remember everybody, when you operate from who you truly are, you evolve humanity. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you all next time on Be The Wolf. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.